guys. Welcome to Monday. Welcome to another show. Hopefully you had an outstanding weekend. I had a pretty good weekend. Things are going going okay. Starting off strongly, I hope. Hopefully they are for you. I think we're going to have a good show today. Have a topic that you might find interesting. Talking a little bit about validation and why it's so important and why it's so difficult. Hopefully, it'll help start your day off right, get you going, get you in a better better mode, better mood to prevent these people from just screwing up your day, which aren't they just outstanding at? It's like they can turn around and you can be having a good day and it's like they just know the right buttons to push. So make sure you grab your coffee, settle in. If you want to participate in today's show, you can do that by calling in at 1-424-373-5483 or 1-424-DSD-LIVE. If you're outside the United States or don't want to spend money on calls, you can use the web interface, which is free, at https colon slash slash www.callinstudio.com slash show slash DSD-LIVE. Ah. So we got a few people piling in today. This is the third week. Now this is a test because I'm counting on the fact that my children who happen to be here, well, children, 14 and 21, uh, stay up late and sleep in and won't be bothered by uh, their, their old man, since I've hit that stage now, running a radio show in the morning. just crazy times crazy times see we got a few people in the comments I'll, I'll hit that in a little bit looks like we got a caller already starting in bb says can people who've called in before call in again yeah sure absolutely i do need to kind of make sure that it's not always the same people but not a problem ah jackie says 50 isn't old so in case anybody didn't hear on friday's show i have reached the big five zero. 50 has come in the middle of COVID. So we weren't able to do much, but it was still nice to hang out, have some cake, eat some ice cream, and just uh, just have a nice day. The only thing I have to say, though, is my work decided at the exact moment. See, like an idiot, I didn't take Monday off. Not Monday, Friday. Sorry, I didn't take, take the day off. I figured, eh, I'm working at home. You know, we're going to carve out an hour, <laughs> just an hour. <laughs> oh my God. We sat down. We hadn't done the cake yet, but we, we were just sitting down to eat something. Ring, 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 ring. Hey, why didn't your guys do everything they were supposed to do? And now they're late on and we're getting yelled at and it was due yesterday. I'm like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. So I did spend, I did spend a few moments <laughs> tracking some information down. I'm sure a lot of you guys can, can relate to that. But uh, before I jump in to, actually, you know what? I'll go ahead and grab the caller, and then I'll jump into the other topic. So, nine oh nine. Let me. It says, uh, "Do we believe in karma?" So let me hit. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, doing. How are you doing? I'm doing good. What's going on? Second time caller. Um, I've heard. I listened to your show before. You probably. Um, I reside out in San Diego. Um, it's been a minute since I've uh, talked to you. Yeah, it's been, um, man. You, well, when you say return caller, I mean, that was like, didn't you call like a long time ago? Yeah, yeah. At the beginning of my, um, well, I guess you could say my narcissistic divorce. Right. So, so just keep your tasks. Um, so, you know, during this whole pandemic, um, my, um, my ex-significant, I guess, not as um, she was making a six-figure salary, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, this pandemic. Um, like I said, you know, I try to be cordial. You gave me some pointers, so you know, for the court, you know, don't, you know, keep your pressure high. You know, uh, don't just just don't go crazy in the in the court. Right, right. But anyway, long story short, so I believe in karma. I, mean, I was my question is to you is, um, do you believe in karma? Because here's what happened. So she went from making like a six-figure salary all the way to unemployment. 
which wow. it was a shocking. Yeah. Yeah. That and is. it really shocked me, you know, and then what, what, what really, um, I'm not gonna, I mean, I feel sorry for her, but then again, it's, you know, karma, you know, is a, you know, you know what, you know, I can't, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, so, it, um, I mean, I, I definitely believe in it. And I think that, uh, when people are, not good people, they draw bad stuff to them. So sometimes it doesn't happen in the right. way, way we expect. Sometimes, you know, we expect it to be, you know, punishing almost when in your situation, it sounds like it is, but are in her situation. Yeah. But, uh, the reality, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, so anyway, um, long story short. So we just had a hearing, um, probably like two weeks ago. I got additional, uh, I got, um, you know, every other weekend, but I got a, a overnight Friday, and then the judge said that um, we'll go back within um, six months for review, which is a good thing. I guess you could say it's a better sweet. But what's really crazy is that um, you mentioned before in your past that I think how your ex exhausted on her attorney fees. Yeah. So looking at the declaration expense form, and uh, I saw her attorney fees, and it just racked up. I was like, holy crap. I didn't believe it until I saw it on paper, you know, and I'm just thinking like, when is enough is enough? You know, I'm fighting for my kids and I'm going to continue fighting for my kids, but I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. So when is enough is enough, you know? Well, I mean, unfortunately for these type of people, it, 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 their breaking point is different depending on what they're, where they're getting their supply Mm -hmm. And what their pressure points and pain points are, right? I mean, if, um, if like, you know, if they are, uh, if they go to court and it doesn't work out well and they, they feel like they've been burned, then oftentimes they'll stop. The problem is though, typically in family court is they don't get burned and they get enabled. So it just does keep going and going. And, and let me just throw a caveat in there too, because oftentimes Uh it's like it has to be a crushing defeat. If if you go to court and they they can feel that they got a win out of it, and maybe in their mind a win is just irritating you, then they could just say, okay, well, it was worth it. But then it depends, like I said, then it just depends on, on funding, right? It's like, do they really have enough money to continue going with this uh, or not? But on your original wow. question about about karma, uh, I absolutely believe in karma, and I absolutely believe that these people, if you take a step back and you look at it, their lives are effectively train wrecks. You, it's like uh, you know, there's yeah, there's always chaos. There's always things going wrong. You know, things are. I mean, it could even be like you know, their car's always breaking down. They're always just something is always going wrong. And then once you're out of that bubble of chaos or cone of chaos, you know, your life starts to feel like it's calming down. Things start getting better. You know, if, if, if there's a bad situation, typically it just kind of works out. Whereas, I mean, that's kind of what happened with me. I mean, whereas with them, it's like always something, it's always something, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, it is. It is, you know, and on conclusion now, and I'll let you go um, because I don't know you want to get on the topic. Um, like I have a hearing today for uh, for the declaration expense for child support, and for her for not working, it's just, it's like it's almost like going to be double my, you know, the support is going to be double. I'm like, holy crap! Just like that. <laughs> well, you need you need to make sure that they impute wages too, right? I mean, since you guys started out with her working, it shouldn't the numbers shouldn't go in. As as though she has zero money and never worked, and you supported her. So, uh, I mean, make sure you, if you do, you have an attorney, or are you representing yourself. I can't remember. Oh yeah, I I've, I've been having an attorney for two and a half years. I yeah. mean, I've been it's almost yeah, like just, just make sure just ask him and just make sure. Hey, are you gonna? I mean, this isn't gonna be based off of her making zero and uh, me making no, all the money. She's on unemployment, the pandemic employment right now, so okay. it's based on. And then I just and then I just sent him an email last night. Um, you know, Trump just signed a a, a pandemic executive for four hundred dollars a week. So I right. want to make sure that he includes. Yeah, know, yeah. So. 
Yeah. Anyway, or I, yeah. Anyway, so I yeah. Like to go. well, good luck, man. But yeah, I mean, and, and, and here's the, I just want to finish with one thing on the whole karma thing is we have to be uh-huh. care. We have to be careful, right? Cause as soon as we start putting our mindset in, yo man, karma is going to get them. I can't wait to see it. Right. You know what I'm talking about? When you start going down that path, right. you start drawing negative stuff back to you as well. So it's, it's, it's really a, yeah. slip, a slippery slope. Yeah. I mean, how many people, yeah, have we, how I many people, yeah, yeah. I mean, how many people have we known who fall into that category? It's like, right. You know, something happens to their enemy, whoever it is, their ex boss, coworker, and they're just relishing in the misery of someone else. And then something happens to them. You know, it's like, oh, you know, they're all happy because in gloating, because someone, you know, had a, had a mistake. And then the next thing, you know, something, you know, they get a, they get a ticket, you know, they get, you know, broken into, they get whatever the heck it is. It's just, it's just, it is a dangerous slippery slope on that. You know I mean? Yeah. My goal yeah. for you guys or for you and for everybody listening and watching this right now is to get to the point that you're indifferent about really what happens with the ex. It's really tough though, like in your situation when you're still going to court and it's just really annoying. I mean, that that's hard, but but that's really the goal. It's like, okay, you got this albatross around your neck, but you've you figured out how to deal with it. You got you can see an end state to where they're not um, going to really be able to affect you as much anymore. And then, uh, you know, when the stuff happens to them, you're just like, yeah, whatever. And it, it just it's it takes a long time to get there though, and it's really tough. Like I said, whenever you're still in the middle of it, they're still dragging you through the crap. And you're just like, seriously, when is this ever going to stop? I mean, can't we just knock this off? But yeah. Anyways. Yeah. All right, man. All right, Dorian. I appreciate it for everything. Have a good I'm day. Right, I have to go. All right. You talk to you later. All right. Thanks. Uh, okay. Bye-bye. Man, starting the day off with a caller. And I will say that something happened with the call-in thing where it just, the lines kind of blew up, but it blew up with the actual number. So I don't know. I don't know whether there's a problem with it or whether something was going wrong, but uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Looks like there is another caller. I'm going to double check some of these comments. I like Gwen. Uh, okay, so Gwen has a. I'm not going to highlight her comment because I don't want to accidentally put her name and uh, and face on here. But says uh, some people who are toxic, their karma can even affect you. That's why when and if you can. We need to get out of the relationship when and if we can. I'm just saying. Gwen, oh my God. You know, you, you, I, I am, I am <laughs> I'm glad you said that because there were times, it's like when I was with her, things were always going wrong. Something would break. Something, you know, it's like you get some, I know I've told this story before, but it's like I remember we ordered this nice, really nice table uh, for Thanksgiving. It shows up and it's not completely destroyed, but it destroyed enough to where they had to fix it. You know, they had dropped the tabletop and it was all splintered. I mean, literally when we did the Thanksgiving, I had to like duct tape it so people didn't get hurt on it. And then, you know, same time we ordered a, a, you know, the brand new, you know, the, the stove that she always wanted, got that in, boom, the electronics went out in it. So you couldn't actually bake in it. I mean, it, it was just like everything would go wrong. And I just got so used to that in my life, I got to the point where I expected it. It's like I, something would happen. I'm like, all right, something's going to go wrong. It's going to be okay. And sure is, well, one, that doesn't help, right? Being in that mindset to where you're expecting, it's just going to, you know, almost makes it happen more. But I'll tell you, once I left, I got out of that scenario, things really started to, uh, to improve. So, uh, great comment. Aaron says you uh, you still get some pleasure from seeing their karma. Yeah, it's 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 a tough one. And then Gwen goes on to say, "Don't gloat over anyone else's karma." And but it is, and I agree with that. It's like if you get too much too much joy out of it, too much joy in their misery, it uh, it generally tends to backfire. And you know what? I would probably say that in the beginning, I wanted her to experience that karma. And I think that's probably part of the reason why it was never the way I wanted it. And I had to finally calm down and look and say, oh, okay. I can see that that life is a train wreck. I don't want any part of it. I'm so grateful I'm out of it. And started uh, distancing myself from those feelings and, and those thoughts. So... 
<laughs> a lone parent IR says, are you sure you're 50? If so, uh, you definitely dye your hair. No, and I am super, <laughs> no, I, I don't dye my hair. I, although I have thought about it. I've thought, wouldn't it be funny, like for, for people who are listening to this, I'm pointing to my face, my, my beard, because there's all kinds of white and gray in there. If I just uh, uh, came in one day and it's all, it's all the right color. <laughs> I don't really care, so it doesn't bother me. All right, I heard. So, viewer two twenty twenty. Speaking of uh, speaking of karma, do we have an obligation of warning their new partner or let them learn the hard way, like uh, we had to? So, here's the thing, guys, and this kind of rolls into this will be a good segue into the talking points for today, which is for validation. Don't do this. Reaching out to the other person, if they're under the spell, they're in the love bombing stage, you have already been pointed out as a uh, uh, you know, toxic person. They've already slammed your reputation. So the new person is more than likely going to expect it. They're absolutely going to tell the other person and it'll be like, oh, baby, yeah, that other person was just so crazy and just won't let things go. I'm so sorry you had to deal with that, right? So, uh, I mean, I have not heard one person who has gone down that route that worked out for them. Uh, probably the only one that was close would have been Tracy Malone, uh, who did well, technically, she didn't do that, so to speak. What happened is there was an altercation with her ex and the new person. It got, anyways, it just went to pieces. Tracy has a whole a whole series on that, and uh, it's just it's a it's a bad it's a bad move. So, and most of the time, people aren't going to believe you. They're going to think that. Uh, that you're just a disgruntled person who can't let go of the other person, can't let them seem to be happy. It'd be really easy to, uh, to paint you as the narcissistic, toxic person. And it's just not a, not a good move. So I'm going to jump into what I wanted to talk about today, which is validation and why it's so important. And I know this is a topic I've hit in the past, but... A lot of convers, you know, we've had a lot of discussion in the last couple of weeks where it seems like it'd be good to revisit this. When you're going through this, you feel like you're losing your mind, and you don't really understand what's happened. You 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 can, I mean, you're in in the middle of it, you're experiencing it, but does but it doesn't make a lot of sense. And what ends up happening is is we talk to everybody we can find to try to get basically validation. We want to tell our story to someone as, as outlandish and crazy as it is and have them go, oh my God, I can't believe you went through that. Or, you know, I always thought that of the X. Or, or some, give you some type of thing to say, hey, you're not going crazy. And that's kind of what this channel is, right? I mean, but, but to get the answer that says, hey, you're not going crazy. That experience was real. You are being lied to and you're being manipulated and other people are being recruited against you for their own nefarious reasons. And until you get something of that, until you can, can, can get some validation, we have this, this trend, and I think most people go through this, to where, like I said, you go and talk to everyone you run into. You run into someone at the grocery store you haven't seen for 15 years. You know, hey, how are you doing? Well, let me tell you. Do you got an hour and a half to listen to me go on without a breath on what happened and how bad my ex is and how nightmarish it is and how I'm getting screwed over and how this and how that? It's really, really tough. And the problem is, is most of the time when you, when you do that, people kind of go, whoa, okay, well, Hey, good talking to you. Uh, that really sucks. I hope it works out. And then they don't want to, you know, they avoid, you know, they see you three weeks later in the, in the grocery store or something, and they kind of pretend they didn't see you and go around the other aisle or, or leave. Oh, I like what Trish says here. Indifference kills NPD. 
Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit more because there's some extra points on that. So the problem is on the validation side of this is most people do not have this experience. They don't understand. So when you're trying to explain it, and and let me just caveat this. They may be living the exact same nightmare that you were living, were living, experience, you know, experience the same things that you're recounting that you were doing are dealing with during your marriage. But if they haven't had that epiphany stage, if, if the, if the mask hasn't dropped, if for whatever reason, they're not the, the, you know, the facade hasn't cracked enough, two things, one, they'll either not believe you or it's so close to home that they don't want to even engage it because they don't want their own world to fall apart. Bottom line is be cautious who you talk to. If, uh, you know, if you have somebody in your close circle of friends that gets it, then fine. If you have somebody in your close circle of friends that will allow you to vent, I was fortunate enough that I did have that, fine. But just know that some people, it just, you can all, this takes a long time. And listening to the same stories for a year, like in my case, or two years, can start to, to wane on people. It will absolutely, if, if you don't pivot on how you communicate with people about this, it will absolutely affect your, your life in other ways. It'll, it can affect your friendships, your family, your professional relationships. It could affect your job. I mean, we were talking to someone the other day, or a couple of people who have lost their jobs as a result of this. Because you just can't operate. You're not functioning. You know, you're, you're definitely not functioning at 110%. You're probably lucky if you're functioning at 10%. And depending on your career path, that can be a huge problem. And at some point, they could turn around and say, okay, you know, this isn't working out. You're not performing the way we anticipated. You know, your personal baggage is not relevant in the work. I mean, that's really, if they're really cruel, it's like, I don't care if you have personal problems. You're supposed to get this widget out. And you're not doing it, and we, you know, and it's costing us money. If you're lucky, you're in a career path where they have more empathy and more ability to do it. It's hard in a lot of jobs because even if they want to have empathy, it's the bottom line at the end of the day. So, so that's my 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 thing on uh, validation, and hopefully that was helpful. I'm going to jump into some of the comments. Let me scroll up and down here. If you guys want to call in, the phone number is 1-424-373-5483 or 1-424-DSD-LIVE. Uh, hopefully it's working because after that first caller, the whole thing lit up and it was all saying it was being called by that phone number. So either it was a mistake in the system or somebody was just trying to uh, spoof the number and just crash the show. Not entirely sure. So, X Peaceful says, uh, I, if I can get it to do, well, it won't let me, uh-oh, there we go. Well, that was weird. Everything slowed down. It says, I kind of have a question about the new partner X thing, but uh, different. When things start uh, seemingly or seeming odd and feeling crazy, is it okay to reach out to the X of the person to see if they went through it too? I tell you what, man, if you're dating somebody and things are look, listen to your gut, right? We all need to do that. So if you're, if you go into a relationship and you're looking at looking at it and you're going, let's say you've never experienced, right? Maybe you're here watching this video or watching this channel, listening to this live show right now. And you're going, man, something's not right. Listen to that. You don't need to call, you know, the ex if you want to. I mean, you know, all of us can do whatever ever they want. You know, if you think your ex is crazy and uh, uh, you want to throw the other person a little bone, give them some validation. You know, but I, I wouldn't. I what I would recommend you do in that situation is you want off the crazy train. You're seeing the warning signs. Listen to your gut and get out. Every. The reality is, I think, and this is for I, I, from a lot of people I've spoken to, 
and this was for me personally, I can look back at the beginning of my relationship with my ex and the warning signs were blaring. There was all that I needed to know right in front of my face, but I just didn't want to believe it. This beautiful little butterfly needed to be protected. And as long as I loved her enough, she would love me back. Yeah, right. Nope, that ain't what happens. It's a test. What happens is, is these people test your boundaries to see what you'll get away with. It's like, all right, how much can I screw with this person? You know, some people call it an S test. Uh, and, and I don't think, I think it, it, whenever you're dealing with somebody who's toxic, it's even a little bit more. It's more of like, how much can I screw with you to see that you won't leave? I think people probably borderlines do this quite a bit. So I'm just going to make an, uh, just, a, just an observation, not based on anything other than my personal experience in talking with some of, some of you guys, is I think that borderlines are, are in this mode with abandonment issues. So they, they, they feel like they're going to be, you know, maybe they went through a horrible divorce with their parents and mom or dad was erased out of their life. So they grew up being abandoned by one of their parents. And as a result of that, they feel like everyone's going to leave them. So even if you're the best person in the world, they are going to push your buttons, boop, to try to push you out the door. To, to, it's like to make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. Everyone always leaves me. I, my ex did that. When we first got married, it's like, you know, everyone leaves me. And instead of looking at it going, uh, ding, 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 um, okay, this is bad. I was so codependent. And I'm like, okay, well, I won't leave you. And, uh, you know, and I didn't for 20 some odd years. But guess what happened whenever I finally said, okay, I can't deal with this anymore. You left me. <laughs> you, you said you never would. I'm like, you tried to freaking mind F me and, and cause me to jump off a cliff. At some point, I have to, I have to save myself. So, ex-peaceful, I would just take a step back, look at your scenario, if the red flags are going, say, I'm out and don't, it's just like, you know, hey, just slowly get yourself out of it. Expect some blowback because these people have a tendency not to, not to do clean breaks. But if you're seeing warning signs to the point that you want to call the ex and say, hey, bud, did you experience these things? And, uh, you know, I mean, maybe the person will say, yep. Well, or maybe a lie, right? I mean, if it's a divorce and he's paying her a ton of money, he might say, no, she was the best thing ever. I can't believe I lost her. You should marry her before she gets away. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm just thinking how, you know, I so wanted her to get married earlier on. Or, you know, it's just funny. All right. I see I have a, a caller. So let me, uh, I, um, no, I missed a bunch of the comments. So I'll just go straight to the caller area code 330. And it says, uh, William from Ohio. I wanted to talk about Hoover attempts and also karma involving my kid's mom. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm pretty good. How are you doing, Brian? I'm doing good. So what's going on there in, in Ohio? Not sure from North Canton, Ohio, where the Hoover Company is. When we talk about Hoover, I just think about the company uptown. But anyway, um, no, I have a my kid's mom. Um, we were never married. I we have a two year old and a four year old, and so that got pretty messy when we split up. Um, and uh, actually, the four year old I've raised him since he was born but he's not my biological son, which we knew that. I mean, we knew that the whole time, but he was not my biological son. So when we did split up, um, I took her to court for custody of both children. Uh, crazy story. She ended up just before the custody date, she ended up trying a Hoover attempt, trying to, you know, I knew what she was up to because I had actually started, you know, watching your videos and learning more about this whole personality disorder. So we ended up getting, we split 50-50 custody on the children. And right after that, um, I believe she was trying to move back in with me. And I said, absolutely not. Like, I'll work with you for the children, for the sake of the children, but we're not getting back together. 
Right. Then she ran off and got married about a month later. She got married to somebody else, somebody that I've actually known longer than I've known her. Wow. And, um, yeah, right. I mean, they dated for three weeks and they were married. Oh, and, um, now here just recently, just recently, um, she's been reaching out to me and talking about how terrible things are at home with her husband and, and things are just, like this weekend, she asked me to keep the kids a couple of days longer because I guess she wasn't even staying at home. And um, they they have a five month old too now. Which you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Okay, sorry, I heard a beep. I thought it got hung up on. Um, anyway, so they have a five month old, and I guess she was staying at a friend's house or something, and um. So it's just like I'm on the outside looking in. I'm just keeping things cool with her because she's being all nice to me and stuff. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. I don't know if this is like another attempt, like another Hoover attempt or what, but I'm just, you know, keeping her at arm's length. Cause yeah, that, obviously and that's it's better if she's trying to get along with me, but yes. <laughs> I just I know how this cycle works with her. Oh, well, and, and the reality is, is even, can, even if she... Um, you know, I mean, right now she's focusing her attention on her new husband and uh, and that mm-hmm. family, and she's trying to keep you in the back pocket in case, you know, may- maybe she's thinking, prob- I'm, this is what I'm assuming she's thinking. She's like, okay, well, you know, maybe, you know, you'll feel sorry for her and uh, uh, feel like, oh, oh, it's so sad she's being beat up and isn't even thinking about the fact that she did the same thing to you, you know, just, but but once that, that relationship implodes and she doesn't get from you what she wants... She's in a, mm-hmm. I mean, she's going to revert back to being, you know, mean and stuff. I mean, just kind of like brace mm-hmm. for impact. Uh, the one nice thing is this other knucklehead yeah, who, yeah, for sure. who, who married her really quick, which is just a horrible sign. I mean, so obviously he got duped into the life soulmate and like, oh my God, you're such the greatest person. You know, it's too bad that, that, uh, that your ex-husband is, or not husband, but you know, the, the father of your kids is such a scumbag, even though I've known him forever. I always thought that something was wrong, but you know, I mean, and, and they get sucked into it. Anybody who marries somebody within a few weeks, that is such a danger sign. I mean, that is so, oh, it, it's yeah. just, it's a recipe for disaster. It doesn't mean it won't, that happened to me. It doesn't mean it won't last for a long time. I mean, I knew my ex for, uh, we met, uh, dated for a couple of months. I joined the air force. So we had a period of time we were separated and there was some craziness that was going on right in, at that point. But I still ended up marrying her, and we were together for 20 years. And it was my my codependency and my my own personal issues, my own lack of self worth, my own self esteem problems, where I allowed it to continue, and and it took two decades for me to see the light. So I mean, yeah, it's absolutely a Hoover attempt. She's trying to trying to keep you in the back pocket and and keep you on her side, or just I mean, and even if she isn't even working, what was that? I was trying to say, like, I've got this new girlfriend that she's very, um, she, she's very, I want to say alpha, but like when she does, when she is around my kid's mom, she like just talks to her like she, it does, she doesn't even care who this person is. Like she just talks to her up front, like, hey, you know, I ask her questions about the kids and stuff. And like, she, she even acts like she really likes this new girlfriend of mine. Like she talks like, she really talks up my new girlfriend. Uh, so it's kind of like, what are you getting out here? You know, like what? Like she's, she's even told me, she's like, I really like this new girl. And you really, you, you really have a good girl there. And stuff. so it's kind of, well, for me, it's a little bit puzzling, you know? Well, think of it this way, right? I mean, okay. <laughs> take somebody, I'll say, you know, if, if um, I'm trying to think of a good example, what I'll say is, you know, let, let's say there's somebody you really dislike, even at work, right? And they get the promotion and they're doing really well. Are you going to walk up to them and say, hey, Bill, you know, you're a piece of garbage and you should have never got that. Are you going to say, man, Bill, that's great. You really deserve it, buddy. While in the back of your mind, you're saying, what a piece of garbage, right? She's not going to give you the satisfaction. Right. So for, so it's, it's almost like mm-hmm. a defense. Me- I mean, honestly, to be perfectly honest, I probably would do something similar if the ex finally met some, well, except the people she's met have been not good, 
whatever. But I mean, I could see, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to give her any satisfaction. Not now I don't care, but earlier I would have not wanted to, uh, to let them know that it bothered me. So how do you do that? You'd be supportive of it. Oh man, that's so great. You know, man, you've got a really good one, man. You're lucky. I'm really glad that worked out for you all the time. Uh Oh, all the time. Why, uh, it's, um, that is so weird. I just lost the caller. But anyways, I'll finish this thought. I'm going to have to, that is so, <laughs> anyways, but I think that's what's going on as they're sitting there trying to figure out how to, to, to min- not minimize it, but to, to make the best of it and not give you the satisfaction. Now on the flip side, there are people whose exes would be like, you know, you know, that girl's not good enough for you. You know, we should get back together or not even acknowledge it. So while I'm trying to figure this out, I am going to, uh, I think I'm going to try to just dial back into this and see if it works. Looks like my, my call-in studio thing is not working well today. See if it pops back in. Welcome, host. You are. It's actually talking to me right now, so. All right. Don't know what happened there. Sorry about that. Uh, Ohio that it dropped on you. Uh, but, uh, hopefully that was helpful. Let me look at some of the comments that are going on. Shane says, uh, well, this is to somebody else, but Oh, definitely narcs never want to deal with their own brokenness. They'd rather pretend they are sane and good people. And, And it's because they, they live in the illusion. They are the, the ultimate actor and want to put on that facade and that illusion. So it's easier just to pretend to be someone else. And the crazy part about it is, is that's exactly what they do. That's why you can see them after one of these breakups and they're trying to find their next support group. You can see them one day hanging out with the church, the next day hanging out with rocker people, the next day hanging out with, you know, drug people, whoever it is, it's like, and that will completely morph. And if you're watching it externally, it'll drive you crazy because you'll see them and you're like, what? And then you'll see them a few days later and they'll be like, wait a minute, you were, you know, little Miss Churchy girl yesterday and now you're this, you know, and it's just, it's, it's, and until they find their new group, they'll do that. And it, and it's, you know, it's really sad because they're damaged people. And if they would just take the time to, to delve into those wounds, to heal themselves, they would have a much better life. The path of destruction would stop or or potentially stop. And it just wouldn't be a colossal nightmare. But the problem is addressing the pain looking internally, looking at what, what, what you don't, you know, opening that box or that closet with all the deep, dark secrets is so scary and you don't want to do it. You just want to like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. I'm not going to, uh, that's not me. I'm not going to be there. Oh, I'm doing something that reminds me of it. So I'm going to flip around and go over here. It's just, it's crazy. It is completely crazy and it's sad. Shane says, so true, DSD, they have a whole bunch of friends that they use. And that's exactly it. It's, it's, they do. They, it's, it's, everything that they're doing is what can I get out of this person? I'll be nice to these people because, I mean, I've even seen this. Okay, I'll be nice to these people because I can't do anything. I, ca- I can't fix my car. I can't, you know, put, hang something up high. So I need to have a cadre of people that I can count on who will come rescue me, who will, you know, come help me. And it's, you know, I, which, I mean, I'm not saying that everybody who help, has somebody to help is a problem, but I mean, it, you, you can see it as a pattern that there's always something going on. And it goes back, it goes back a little bit to the karma thing where things are always going wrong and they're always in this, this nightmare of chaos. I so hate chaos. I am tired of chaos. 
I mean, I'm not tired of it now. I mean, well, what I mean is, is that I've purged, I've expunged the chaos out of my life. So I don't really have a lot of it in it anymore. And a lot of times, I, I mean, my biggest chaos right now is my house is a train wreck. It's a disaster because I'm spending every waking moment either doing my day job or working on my this job. And uh, as a result, it's like everything else just kind of falls apart. I've been slowly trying to, to get some things cleaned up and get it back because I know it bothers me. When I walk in and, and the place is, is chaotic, I don't feel peace. So, but I mean, it's like, but that's just the only issue. It's not like I have someone else causing chaos and causing more strife and problems and just keeping things just spinning out of control. So I'll say, I, in theory, the call-in system is back on, which you can call it in at one four two four three seven three five four eight three. So anybody else who was trying to call, maybe maybe it will not freak out this time. Aya the Tiger says, yes, they don't have a true personality. True. Gwen says, it's, uh, it really is sad. Narcs don't have the empathy that most people have because it's all about them. And it's, it, I think it starts as a defense mechanism. Let's see if I can bring that off the screen. Let's see. Scrolling up. Man, good discussions today. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it's funny, right? I mean, because even, even in this, even with the callers, I mean, rolling this back to the validation topic, a lot of times it's like, hey, this is happening. It doesn't feel right. Something feels wrong. Am I seeing it right? Is this, is this, am I, you know, no, nah, I can't be. It's got to be something different or, or, you know, why is this happening? You know, and, and then the question, the question with the last caller uh, asking like, well, why, why are they doing that? Again, it goes back to, it's all about them and it's a facade. It's their image. It's their, their they're what they're trying to portray. Unfortunately, a lot of times they want to be the victim. That's what makes them feel safe. That's what makes them feel like, like everything is okay. Their calmness is the chaos, right? I think most people in here watching and listening today are probably of the mindset that they want peace in their life. They want it relaxing. They want. They don't want extra chaos. Hey, things happen. I will deal with it. You know, if a situation happens that requires immediate action and adds stress, fine. If it's you know a standalone legitimate situation, but nobody, most and most normal people, do not want chaos in their life. They're not sitting there if everything is is calm thinking, oh my God, I need to, to ramp things up. And we've all known, we've all been probably married to these people. I've known, you know, my ex, and I've been in professional environments where if things were calm, the person would intentionally create chaos. I never could understand that before. Before I, I understood NPD and all of this, this, this issue, I couldn't understand it. It's like, why would you do that? Why would you try to pit people against each other for your own entertainment? It doesn't make sense. Wouldn't you want to build a team and, and have them all supporting each other and having, having them work closer together as opposed to trying to turn everyone against each other for your own chaos? And a lot of times what it is is like, I think these people look at this and they're like, oh crap, everyone's calm. If people are calm, they'll be able to see through my facade. So I need it. I need chaos so that they're so busy dealing with the chaos of the day that they're not looking at me. I, I believe that. I don't know how many times, even in my personal life, where things would be pretty good and the ex would just start a fight for no reason. And it's like, and I didn't even... I see it now, but at the time I didn't understand it. I'm like, what's going on? What? I mean, we were having a nice day. Everything was fine. And now everything's gone to crap because you're angry about something that happened three weeks ago or a month ago or what? I mean, it's like, what? What are you even talking about? 
it's just it's 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 uh it's crazy making it'll drive you crazy Gwen says we must forgive and move on when someone hurts you they take the advantage of you when we don't forgive they keep the advantage over you so please for your own good forgive and move on man that is that's spot on it's so hard and and just to just to to add into that forgiving them doesn't isn't forgiving them for what they did it's basically you're forg- you're saying okay i got myself into this situation i'm not going to stay angry about it because it keeps this person and this situation in my life now the sad part is and i've said this before is i think a lot of times we get to the point that we know it's over and we still have we want that connection with the person and we feel oh my god if we let them go then they're gone and it's weird. I think I kind of fell into that where it's like you, you go from loving the person to hating the person and then you don't want to let it go, not because, because you just don't want to lose that last little bit of connection. But Gwen's right. Until you do, until you can say, okay, I'm, I've gotten to the point where I just, I can't give this person any more of myself, you're stuck. And they're basically have, have, What's the word? I, you know, like even a little bit of control over your emotions and stuff. So VB says one question. Let me pull this up. Says, with so much chaos and drama they create within closed doors, I wonder how they are successful in their careers. Well, I think the, the key on that, VB, is it's, it's, it's tough to maintain a facade 24-7. It's not as hard to maintain a facade at work whenever... If you're having a bad moment, you can go kind of hide yourself. And these people only see you for a certain portion of the day. So I think it makes it a lot easier for people to to do that when they don't have a, a lot of interaction. And think about it. I mean, it's it's almost in a professional environment like that. They're in that they're in that constant love bombing stage to where they're putting on the facade and trying to be the person that. Uh, that everyone is expecting to be at work. And since they're so used to playing a game, it's easy. And they're, they're good at reading people, right? So they know they're watching everything that's going on. They see what people are doing. They see how they're responding. They, they learn their, their, their weak points. They know how to push them. They are absolutely masters at deflection. So if something does happen, they're masters at being able to say, you know, oh, but look at, look at Susie over there. And, and draw everyone's attention to someone else. Oh, I've so seen that in the professional environment. I've worked some, with some really just downright evil people who were masters at that. They could, they could manipulate a situation and, and spin things around. One of, one, of this, one of these people I knew would tell people, you know, hey, just, just set, the, set the gas can next to the person, let them, light them, you know, let them dump it on themselves and light them on fire. Just set it in motion and let it go. How freaking evil is that? So I think that's the reason why, is that they have that unique skill set on how to manipulate and how to, how to uh, accomplish that. And it's not as much time. It's not as if they, they are dealing with you all day long. Maybe you're calling them, then you come home and you're with them you know, in those intimate times where they're trying to relax. And that's where I think the problem is, is that are for us is the facade can't maintain the, the illusion can't stay. They can't be in character 24 seven. And then it starts to drop, starts to crack. I mean, take, take the, uh, the, the controversy right now with the Ellen DeGeneres show. You know, she had a reputation externally that she's just this wonderful person and, and such a nice person. And now we're learning that it was a complete fake. So in the, you know, when the, when the cameras were on, she was able to be in character. And then when they were off, she would devolve back to, to who she really is. And I'm using that as an example. So, you know, I mean, if that's, if that's, if you have an opinion on that one way or the other, I'm not trying to, to slight anybody's, uh, you know, hero or whatever, but I mean, if you just, it's, it's, I'm using that as an, an illustration point on, uh, on how that happens. 
Forgiveness is not the uh, perpetrator, it's, or for the perpetrator, it's to set us free. It took me so long to realize that. I used to think if I forgave her, I'm, I'm, if I didn't fight her on everything, that everyone, then that meant that everything she said was true, which isn't true. If you're in that mode to where you're, you're sitting there and you're looking at it going, well, if I don't fight every point tit for tat, then people will think that, that, uh, that it's just true. At the end of the day, if someone's going to believe Team Narc, they're going to believe Team Narc. And all you're going to do is beat your head against the wall trying to, trying to jockey for position, and it's, it's counterproductive. At some point, we just have to turn around and say, okay, enough is enough. I'm not going to play this game anymore. You're not going to be in my head anymore and start to, to move forward. And that's not easy. When I got to that point, it still took me probably a year, maybe a year and a half to get to the point where I was doing a lot better. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a tough, tough process to go through. So we got time for one more caller. So if you want to call in, one four two four three seven three five four eight three. But we are running, we are starting to run out of time. So so far, I have to say, doing the show with uh, super early with people in the house seems to be okay, other than some technical issues, which I don't quite understand. But it seems like things uh, that this is working out. Debbie says forgiveness so important. It's just that we understand here that people going through a lot and it takes time to get there. And then Destroyer911 says, damn, it's very hard to deal with the crazy ex. It really is. It's, uh, it's definitely drives you nuts. Now, I think I missed a couple of, let me scroll back because there was something that I wanted to hit earlier, but uh, I missed it. Whoops, I'm looking, I'm trying to look for where I'm tagged. Shane, Shane had said, well, let me see if I can pull this up. Shane had asked earlier, says, what were the warning signs you experienced? Okay, what I experienced were the, um, the abandonment things. You know, everyone always leaves me. You're going to leave me. Um, there was uh, just every once in a while, she'd spin out of control and completely go off the deep end on abandonment issues. I mean, that happened when I was in, in uh, basic training. I was getting letters from her every day. If you guys, anybody who's ever been in basic training knows that you don't get, you know, they don't give you time to sit there and write people, you know, after a few weeks, they're like, all right, it's been a while, write a post, you know, write a postcard to someone telling them you're still alive. And then every once in a while, we got an opportunity to make a phone call. And uh, I remember in the midst of that, I'm going through that. I get this letter from her just like, you know, why aren't you writing me? You don't love me anymore. You know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? I can't even, I'm, I felt completely trapped because I couldn't reach out and it was a mess, you know? And it was just, just over and over again. I mean, we, uh, it was, I mean, I remember another time, like right after we got married, she made like the first dinner and burned something and freaked. I actually, I think I came home and she was rocking back and forth underneath the, uh, the table. And I'm like, Whoa, what's going on? And it was like, you know, you're going to leave me. I didn't make, you know, I didn't make chicken and dumplings. Right. Like you think I'm going to leave you because you burnt dinner. I mean, (laughs) what, you know, and, uh, um, and just other stuff. I mean, it was, uh, I, I remember when we first moved in together, it was like the next day, it was, and this is a good boundary thing, right? I, I came home from work and the house was a, like a bomb had gone off. And this was a one bedroom furnished apartment in Biloxi, Mississippi, right next to Keesler Air Force Base. And, uh, and I'm like, what? You know, and I'm like, no, we ain't living like this. And I remember distinctively started, I started to try to say, uh, this isn't acceptable. And I freaked out and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I don't want to push it too hard because I don't want her to leave me. <laughs> Guys, it is so important to get to the point where you're not afraid of being alone. So that if you're with somebody and you're like, this behavior is unacceptable, that you are okay to say, you know what? I'm, I'm okay alone. I'm, you know, I'm, I was okay yesterday. I'll be okay tomorrow. This isn't cutting it. And we need to fix this. This isn't whatever the issue is. 
whatever it is, you need to be able to have that conversation and, and know that that conversation could potentially result in the destruction of the relationship and be okay with it because compromising your, your healthy boundaries and your communication is not acceptable and it leads to nothing good. It erodes your, 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 your healthy boundaries. It makes you basically almost a people pleaser and all that happens, even if you kind of say, Hey, I don't really like that, but you know, and then you scurry back. It just means that it's going to stay there and then they're going to push the boundaries more. And the more you get acclimated to that, the more you're like, well, is it, and I used to, I used to have this discussion with myself over and over again. Is this, and this is what I would be saying to myself internally, is this really worth me making an issue out of and losing the marriage? No, I'm just, and then I would rationalize. I said, well, no, I'm just angry right now at this one thing. This is just a, this is a one-off thing, which it wasn't, but this is what I would tell myself. It's a one-off thing. It's not indicative of what's really the basis of the relationship. That foundation. I was so stupid. I thought that foundation was of love and like mutual respect. It was, that was not, that wasn't even there. It's just crazy. Set boundaries and deal breakers. Write them down in the beginning and don't ignore the red flags. Gwen, you are on fire today. Absolutely. Completely agree with you on that. You, you need to. And if you're not ready for those deal breakers to be firm, you're not ready for a relationship. Now, just to be clear, I'm not saying that... Uh, you know, you, you come up with some arbitrary thing and the person, you know, choose wrong and, and, you know, whatever. I mean, it, you know, have a conversation about those deal breakers. If they're pushing it and they're not going to respect it, you need to be able to say, okay, enough is enough. <clears throat> We're not going to play this game anymore. Debbie says, the people who never heal and forgive are some of the ones who remain on the more angry MPD channel and in a state of anger indefinitely. You know, she makes a great point, and I know I've talked about this in the past, but if you choose to stay in that mode, if you choose to stay bitter and angry, you will be bitter and angry forever. And that will corrupt your life going forward. And in some ways, sometimes people get comfortable in that and they feel that's where they feel safe. And it is not a good place to be. There's a beginning part of this where feeling angry and and bitter is absolutely justified and normal. We all have gone through it. When I was going through it, I knew I didn't want to do that. And I, I mean, I, at the beginning, I knew I didn't want to be that person and I just I couldn't get myself out of it, even knowing, I mean, even looking at my own personal past, seeing, uh, you know, what my, my own father went through and how his anger and bitterness really corrupted a lot of his life. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want that to be me. And it's just, it's, it's really tough. It is really, really tough. But on that, we are down to the last few or last minute, under minute of the show. So let me do this. Thank you guys for spending your Monday with me, hanging out, even though we had a few little issues, a few little technical glitches. For some reason, YouTube doesn't like to repost the, the, the live stream until like 12 hours later, but I'll try to pull some segments out of this so that... Uh, we can keep the keep the momentum going. I hope that you are having an outstanding Monday. I hope this show is starting helping you start your day right. I appreciate the callers and the outstanding comments. You guys, stay up on this. You, you're you're gonna get through it. Your life's gonna get better. But let's right now just make sure we have a better day. <laughs>